and welcome to the second episode of the 2023 BMJ Sexually Transmitted Infections podcast series. I'm Fabiola Martin, the BMJ STI podcast editor and sexual health specialist based in Australia and lecturer at School of Public Health at University of Queensland. Today we will focus on gonorrhea, genital infection and very exciting vaccine developments. Neisseria gonorrhea, short GC, is a ubiquitous sexually transmitted bacterial infection that may cause local and systemic disease and if left untreated can be transmitted vertically from mother to the baby. Over the last years we have seen a rise in GC transmission rates as well as antibiotic resistance but new research into vaccine development against gonococcal infection has made many physicians and sexually active people feeling hopeful about the possibility of combating this infection effectively at a large scale in near future. With me here today are Professor Kate Saab, NHMRC Leader, Fellowship and Associate Director Research at Institute for Glycomics, Griffith University, Australia. Dr. Claire Dusner-Bash, President, Genital Urinary Medicine Consultant, Sheffield Teaching Hospital UK, a place very dear to my heart, that's where I trained. And Dr. Sylvia Notza, Consultant in Infectious Diseases, Head of Prevention Unit based in Milan in Italy. Hello, Kate. How are you? And welcome to our podcast. Hi, Fabiola. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, Thank you, Kate. And hello and welcome to Claire. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Fabiola. Thank you for inviting me to join you. And many cl- thanks to you, Claire. A warm welcome to you, Sylvia. Thank you, Fabiola. It's a pleasure for me too. Kate, if I may ask you the first question, what is this bacteria, Neisseria gonorrhea or short GC? So gonorrhea is a gram-negative bacteria um, and it can affect all mucosal surfaces of the human body, so including the genital, anal, oropharyngeal and ocular mucosa. And it's one of two bacteria that are called the pathogenic Neisseria and the other one of which is Neisseria meningitidis that causes meningitis and sepsis. So these two bacteria are highly similar and share many of the proteins, especially those on their surface. Um, And so testing for gonorrhea infection is very effective and can be done by growing the bacteria, uh, but it is more commonly done by detecting bacterial DNA from samples, and these include swabs from genital and extragenital sites or even from urine. Yes, that's right. Thank you, Kate. And if I may ask Claire, why is gonorrhea harmful to people? Well, for the most part, disease in adults is contained in the genitalia and the reproductive organs. And generally speaking, people get inflammation, which can result in purulent, thick yellow or yellow-green discharge. And this can occur from the vagina, the penis and the rectum. It's usually a painful infection for people with a penis and can be asymptomatic in people with vaginas um, and in rectal and oropharyngeal infection. But it can cause pain and swelling too in the rectum. Um, It can also be complicated and result in epididymoarchitis or pelvic inflammatory disease, which both of which can have long-term consequences. Less frequently, gonorrhea can be disseminated infection, which can include joint, skin, conjunctival eye infections. And there are other sometimes more complicated infections that can be uh, painful um, and have lasting consequences. Yeah, thank you, Claire. Um, Not a nice infection to suffer from. 
And as Kate explained, for us clinicians, it is easy to test for gonorrhea with a not too invasive DNA test. But could you explain why treating gonorrhea can be challenging? Yeah, so um, it's best practice to confirm gonorrhea infection with a culture. So gonorrhea develops resistance to antibiotics fairly readily. Curing the infection can be challenging. So adequately treating infections both at an individual level and a population level requires clinicians to be able to successfully cure at least 95% of infections within the population. So we have to monitor the antibiotic response to gonorrhea infections and um, in vitro and ensure that when we can clear it clinically, and we do that by doing a test of cure. So patients who have a positive test for gonorrhea with a PCR should be followed up with a pretreatment gonorrhea culture and only then give first-line therapy, and that should be followed with a test of cure. Thank you, Claire, for this very concise summary. Sylvia, I enjoyed reading your and your team's uh, publication in 2023 in BMJ STI with the title, Prior Neisseria Meningitis Proctitis Does Not Prevent Neisseria Gonorrhea Proctitis Among Men Who Have Sex With Men. Could you elaborate a little bit on the observations made? Neisseria meningitis is an emerging STI, particularly among high-risk groups like men who have sex with men. Transmission occurs through droplets and through sexual contact with the carrier. Neisseria meningitis infection can be asymptomatic, both in urogenital and anorectal tracts, or it can be presented by gonorrhea-like symptoms. Since retrospective studies uh, with anti-meningococcal for men B vaccination uh, demonstrated that there can be a cross-reactivity against gonorrhea protection, we wondered, uh, explored if a prior meningococcal proctitis infection protects people against gonococcal infection. We looked at 21 men with sex with men with high risk behaviors with previous meningococcal proctitis, and we explore if there is a protection against gonococcal. Thank you, Sylvia. Very interesting. Um, also, uh, to note that those 21 men were had not been vaccinated against Neisseria meningitis before um, they caught these infections. So in a way, the title of the publication gives away the findings, but could you please outline the results further? Definitely, of 21 patients diagnosed with meningococcal proctitis, 12 individuals were diagnosed with gonococcal proctitis within a median interval of 10 months between the two infections. One individual had five separate episodes of meningococcal proctitis followed by gonococcal proctitis. These results support a similar report from the USA where Turner and collaborators showed that meningococcal urethritis does not lower the risk of developing gonococcal urethritis at a later time point. Yes, thank you, Sylvia. So this brings us back to you, Kate. We clinicians and our patients have been desperately waiting for a gonorrhea vaccine. The data just presented and recent press releases feel like a setback for the vaccine research. Could you tell us a little bit about the gonorrhea vaccine development and how you envisage the future? Will we be able to prescribe an effective vaccine anytime soon? 
Uh, yes, sure. Hopefully we will be able to uh, prescribe a vaccine sometime soon. Uh, however, gonococcal vaccine development has been hampered by several factors. Firstly, gonorrhea avoids and suppresses the host immune system. So there's little or no protection against future infection. And therefore there's no information from natural infection to guide what a vaccine needs to do to be protective and induce a protective immune response. Secondly, uh, Neisseria gonorrhea is highly variable and discovery of conserved antigens has been really challenging. And thirdly, gonorrhea is a human-specific bacteria and animal models don't completely reflect human disease. So, so that's really made vaccine development and evaluation uh, really difficult. However, there is a lot of activity underway in the field and there's been several recent advances that support the feasibility of gonococcal vaccine development. This includes a lot of anti-gonococcal vaccine candidates that are undergoing preclinical development and are looking promising. Also, there is observational data su to suggest that the 4CMNB meningococcal vaccine, uh, so that's used to present, uh, protect against closely related bacteria, uh, Neisseria meningitidis. Um, there's increasing evidence that this may still be associated with at least a reduction in gonococcal infection incidence. That is good news. And I wish you and all your colleagues um, good luck with the research. Thank you all for this very insightful conversation. And we have come to the end of our podcast. I just would like to ask you if you would have a short take home message for our listeners today. And if I could start with Sylvia. Gonorrhea is one of the most contagious STI. Therefore, in order to eliminate it, we really need an effective vaccine. Thank you, Silvia. And Claire, as the president of BASH, what would be your message, please? Thank you, Fabiola. Yes, please, please, please remember to sample for cultures before treating and uh, testing for uh, gonorrhea infection. Thank you so much. Claire, and finally, Kate, could you please part with one more final message for us? So the World Health Organization uh, has set a target for reducing gonorrhea incidence by 90% by 2030. And while this is optimistic, uh, it does indicate that there is a plan and a lot of hope that we can substantially reduce GC cases in the near, th near future through our joint efforts. Thank you. And I really hope that um, it, all our dreams will come true. And I thank you all very much for your time and effort. Here with me today are Professor Kate Saab, NHMRC Leadership Fellow and Associate Director Research, the Institute for Glycomics, Griffith University, Australia, and Dr. Claire Dewsnap, BASH President, Genital Urinary Medicine Consultant at Sheffield Teaching Hospital, UK, and Dr. Silvia Nozza, consultant in infectious diseases, head of prevention unit based in Milan, Italy. And we discussed the STI Neisseria gonorrhea and novel vaccine development today. And um, we learned that um, vaccine development is still on its way, that we need to not only test and treat gonorrhea with PCR, but also uh, definitely do a culture before we treat and follow up with tests of cure to make sure that the patient has been cured of their infection and that meningococcal infection of the anagenital tract does not protect us from uh, catching a gonococcal infection of the genitourinary tract. 
Many thanks to you, our listeners, for following us on your preferred listening app. And please don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. My special thanks also to our hardworking BMJ podcast team. And I promise you we will be back soon with another 2023 BMJ STI podcast episode just for you. Until then, goodbye and stay safe. Thank you.